Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I just realized that this last week is the very first time that I have ever received a dick pic. Yeah, but you like sought out the dick pic. Accurate. You didn't receive it. Well, I did though, because I received it from um, a guy who's my Facebook friend. But does it really count as a dick pic if it's not their dick that they're sending to you, if it's somebody else's? It's a dick and it's in a picture. And I got it in a message. So I think it counts. I think it's really stupid that he never took them down. So in case you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about Tommy Lee posted a picture of himself um, in his, looks like in his bathtub. Who knows? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't looking at the surroundings. I could just see his his dick was like hovering above the water. I didn't see it. I studied it quite thoroughly because I'm like I was oh looking my more God. at the tattoos. <gasps> oh he's, my God! He's not like a. It's not like he's a grower. He's all show. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. If yeah, he was no. a grower, that would be a scary, scary thing, and people would flee in terror. True, because it's already pretty large, large-ish. or at least long. Long, yeah. I mean, his it's not tiny. Look. Come on. It made a good showing. It made I a good showing. I just don't understand what the point is. Like, what is he trying to be relevant all of a sudden? No, he's probably I mean, just he's probably just a, a narcissist who is not getting enough attention and he needs to well, somebody to stroke to his attention. ego. Like, <laughs> Either that or he has something public that's about to happen. Oh. So he's trying to get his name out there. That was so the that only thing happened. I could think of. So maybe he's got a solo album coming up. He yeah, wants to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next year. What that group could was be. he with? I don't even Motley remember Motley Crue. Now. You know what? They're not in it yet. There you go. And they are trying really hard to get into it. Now that I he's think trying about really it. hard. No, no. He could definitely try harder. <laughs> <laughs> Who Come else on. was in Motley Crue? I'm telling you, it's exciting for those of us who are old married women and don't get to see see full frontal nudity in men very often <laughs> i mean you see You're the same one all the, right the time kind of the same one for 35 years see nikki sticks vince neal then tommy lee of course huh there's no other big dude i would have heard of nikki sticks six I've, I've heard it nikki six sorry i've heard it him randy castillo yeah, not- john garbati mick mars hmm. But that's the same you group what? that they did that movie about, right? The Dirt. That's the name of the... Have you seen The Dirt? God, it's no. hilarious about bad boy rock bands and whatnot. So that was my excitement for the week. No? So, hey, the website's going to be down for a while. What happened? Because I really suck at it. It's like up. It's just I can't add anything new to it. And I'm on this new server, but... I don't know, because just really stupid things that I don't understand because of the way we did things. I have to wait 48 hours and then I have to do something else and then I have to wait a week. I don't know. It's really stupid. WordPress is doing all of this? No. We moved. Apparently, it's not as easy to switch hosting services as one would lead you to believe. So Yeah, it can be a real pain. So yeah, it's super fun. It's way cheaper, but um, yeah. Growing pains. All you webmaster people out there, holy shit, you have the hardest job ever. I would never want to do it. Unlike my last editing job that was done so poorly that I didn't even, (laughs) I literally fell asleep during the edit. I, I know. fell Megan straight ass like, fucking like, asleep. Uh, you didn't take this stuff out. What are you doing? Pat, you look like you're like over us today. Are you okay? Well, yeah, no, I just, I have not. I was out of the house for the first time in uh, 10 days today. Because oh, wow. I, because I've been quarantining <gasps> for COVID. Oh my God. And 
COVID, you know, luckily I was fully vaccinated and I had a very mild case. In fact, I kept thinking if this were the old days and I was still working back when it was like a kind of a badge of honor that you came to work when you were sick anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It was like, I would never have stayed home for something this mild. I mean, I was yeah. tired mostly. I slept through most of one day uh-huh. and I had a little bit of a cough. And after two days, those were gone. I, it was, I, I sleep through most of one day all the time, but it's not because of COVID. <laughs> so it was kind of it's, like, well, you know, I caught up on, uh, I, fi- I finished out Stranger Things, finished out the new season of that. I knew I had three episodes left, and I thought, well, piece of cake, I'll just polish that off tonight because I was quarantining in the guest room, so mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, so I didn't get my husband sick, but as it turns out, he got sick, but he also got a mild case. Oh, that's good. So, so yeah, so we, we were we were on the whole very lucky as far as all that kind of now, health stuff. He was but, vaccinated oh, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's vaccinated. And in fact, he has a special thing because he's a transplant recipient. So he's got an, another special thing called an Evusheld vaccine that, that they only make available to people like, I, I think probably... Uh, chemo patients and, and transplant. I was just going to say, yeah, my mother-in-law has that too. Yeah. People who are immune compromised for whatever reason. Anyway, uh, the last three episodes of Stranger Things are very good, but two of them are an hour and a half long. And the last one is two and a half hours long. Jesus. It was like, it was five and a half hours (laughs) straight through. Mm. And it's like, as long as you're going to be stuck in the guest room, that's really not a bad way to pass the time. Gee, here I over, here I was over here thinking you were doing extra reading. I had a, a book that we'll talk about later that I was that was pretty darn interesting. Plus, I've been reading. I picked up a good deal on an audio book of the first volume of The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, some of which I'd read and some I hadn't. So I've just been, and it's you know, in a charming British voice. Oh, so, of course, of course, darling. You know, it's been, been, I was using that to fall asleep to the night night books. Like yeah, I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I've been quarantining because I'm working as the court. Well volunteering as the choreographer for a community theater production. And it opens in two weeks. And if the cast were to get sick, we would be royally screwed. So just to be safe, I did not go back to rehearsal all last week. I just stayed home, stayed home from everything. And I discovered that my desk was built by Time Lords. Because uh-huh. it's my, bigger my, on the inside than it is on the on outside? The inside. It is from that desk, I culled that stack next to my chair of papers to be shredded. It is bigger on the inside. I, yeah, I had I had stuff from 20 years ago, and I had all the tax receipts and all the insurance bills and all the pay stubs. <laughs> you got some serious shredding to do. It is a big old heavy monster. And luckily it's on wheels. And doing the proofreading on, on Ron's second novel, getting it ready for the publisher. So. Awesome. I got a little bit of reading done because um, my TV went out last <gasps> week. Oh. So I came home and I played with Echo and did my usual thing, turned the TV on. And then all of a sudden it got a little bit dim and sometimes my settings like go off. So I went in and messed with the settings and you know how you have to turn the TV off and back on again sometimes for the settings to start working again. And so I Mm -hmm. turned it off and I fed the dog and I changed and stuff and went to turn it back on and I had no screen, just sound. And Mm -hmm. so I screwed around with it. I called customer service. It took them 20 minutes to call me back. And, uh, he basically said, yeah, you can call a repairman, but there isn't anything we can do about it. How old is the TV? It was only like two years old. Huh. Okay. Here comes here comes the cable call center training. Do you have cable no. connected to it? Uh-uh. Are you streaming? Yes. And you unplug the streaming thing too, right? It's Wi-Fi. Yeah, but do you stream? Oh, it's, it's a whole TV with the smart thing all yeah, at right. one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's mm. she's troubleshooting your issue right now. Can you see it? See the little. Well, see, they didn't have those when I got my training. So oh, now, I, now man. I'm done. Still, the wheels are turning. <laughs> Keith's yeah. service. 
instead of so I went like, but you know it was just a cheap tv that we went out and got when i lived in more and my house got broke into oh and yeah. they stole my mm-hmm. tv yeah i had to go buy a new tv but i didn't do it right away because i was still trying to decide if i wanted to spend the money because i was angry that my tv went out like yeah <laughs> would be too. i'll show you i'm just not gonna buy another tv for at least yeah that doesn't week. hurt the tv for at least a I know. week <laughs> Damn it. I'll show you. I'll show you. I don't need you. <laughs> Every time someone moves or someone dies, I feel like we get their TV. And it's to the point, and we don't let the kids have TVs in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, See, and as it either. is, we have TVs all over the place. But I, I, I have probably like four in my basement because people just keep being like, here, here's a TV. And I'm like, well, if my kids ever moved out of my house, that would be really helpful, but they're never gonna. You can keep the hope alive, hmm. Keith. If you move, I'll give you two TVs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have one in your room. Wouldn't that be cool if you had your own room elsewhere? Now you have phones, so you might as well not yeah. even bother. True. Like, yeah. we'll But see. it could be worse. We could have all been quarantined for 10 days for COVID. And I did okay. Nobody got sick during or before the trip to Seattle, during or after. So. And with that new COVID, they're saying that it could just be a headache and a backache but it's kind of like yeah. all right well i have headaches and backaches like almost every day so how do you know exactly <laughs> i need a sure tell sign like when you lose your sense of smell and taste i did something i never ever do you know that i'm a vain bitch who never goes anywhere without my makeup so we stayed up really late the last night we were in seattle well, actually, we were in Port Orchard. But anyway, we stayed up really late talking, visiting with our cousins. Then we got up at 5 a.m. So I was only asleep for a couple of hours. And I was so tired. Oh, my God, I was so tired. And I knew I was going to have to sit in the airport for a couple of hours. So I said, fuck it. I'll have a mask on anyway. I'm just going to put my makeup on after I get to the airport. So I get to the airport, get all the way through TSA and whatnot get to the fucking gate i left my makeup at my cousin's house all of it oh no so it had it had the expensive wrinkle cream in there it had the expensive uh hydroclonic acid or whatever the fuck that stuff is it had my thermometer in there it had uh your good tweezers no i didn't take my good tweezers with me boy did i have oh i had such a beard when i came home oh my god (laughs) oh that was the worst part is when i looked in the mirror when i got home and i'm like fuck i've got a beard what am i gonna do do you wonder if people looked at it and thought ew yes yes (laughs) because i had you had a razor i had really bad tweezers yeah, I know, but I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. I didn't have my mirror with me either. You don't have to see it. You just go like this. Well, no, I know gone. that. But I also have my... Oh, and that leads us to the next to- topic of conversation. I finally got my zapper. My laser. Your what? Laser. My, my laser thing. Oh. <laughs> I did it. I spent the money and I got it. And it was funny because I tried it for the first time. And I didn't shave the whole area. I just shaved like a little bit where I was going to zap it. And I went like this when I went to do the first one. And it scared the shit out of me because it like and and I could smell burned hair. Remember what you said that first time? It's like hardcore. It scared the shit out of me because it's like this really. It was like putting a taser on my face. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Was it hot? Did it hurt? It, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, if you're not expecting it. This is better than tweezing how? <laughs> well, because it doesn't really it's hurt. It doesn't come back eventually. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt. It surprised me because I wasn't expecting anything because I've had similar apparatuses before and none of them ever really. This is a strong one. So it only Turned hurt because off. I had like a little blemish or whatever next to it and it like got me. See, I finally turned mine up to high power. And when I did like my face mm-hmm. um, in my pits, because I did my face in my pits and uh, it was hot. Yeah. I could feel the heat. Yeah, I could feel the Especially heat too. Especially in, in my pit crease. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was really hot right there when I shot it. 
Yeah, well, th this is the price we pay for hairless bodies. Being feminine and female in a male-dominated society that tells us we can't have hair growing on things, bastards. I know, right? But it, <laughs> it's my societal norms, my need to be normal. Because, you know, the bearded lady belongs in the circus, not in the workus. <laughs> In the workus. In the workus. In the work circus. <laughs> hey, that is my workus. Bonnie, did anybody have hair in your body? <laughs> well, I was going to say. <laughs> what, That's what all, that is like the worst transition ever. <laughs> I, I have one. I was maybe, being funny. I know you were. I know you were. I'm so. Or was anybody lasered, tasered, or otherwise brought? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, there was some torture in my book. Oh, torture. And there wasn't any hair removal, but there was some oiling up bodies. Oiling up bodies? Oiling up bodies. Oh, there was, a, there was a lot of brown chicken, brown cow in this book, too, because what I read this week is called A Fatal Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Murder in Ancient Greece by Emma Southard. <laughs> Holy shit. Let me guess. Nonfiction. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, I would say that the um, ancient Roman society was very, very different than ours. But the thing that made this book the best, I think, was the narrator. She was so snarky about everything that she was talking about. Um, like, the oiling of the bodies, there was some kind of ritual that they did. And I can't remember the exact ritual because I was just enamored by her silliness. And she was talking about Anthony had to protect Caesar, but because they had been doing this ritual, they were oiled up and naked. So she said, <laughs> and yeah, Anthony baby. had to protect Caesar with his willy out. <laughs> and all I could picture in my head <laughs> is Anthony like standing in front of Caesar Oiled up with, with a his, greased wiener, with his greased wiener hanging. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, but, Tommy Lee, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think Anthony would be better than Tommy Lee. Yeah, well, he would yeah. have nearly as many tattoos, I bet. Because isn't Anthony the one that married Cleopatra? Yeah, isn't he that, must that have, Anthony. Yeah, Mark Anthony. He must have been so, a fairly good-looking dude. Yeah, and mainly what this talks about is the um, different like emperors like, you know, Brutus and Caesar and, and all of those. And back in ancient Rome, I think the most dangerous job that you could have was being the emperor of Rome, because some of those people were murdered, like even a year into their reign, like you would piss a bunch of people off and they would come kill you. And it, murder for them wasn't the same kind of crime as murder here. The only kind of murder that they really didn't tolerate was murder of your parents or murder of your mother or father. Like the parents could murder their kids and that was a family affair. They didn't get involved. Wow. But yeah. if the kids married or if the kids killed the parents, that was a different story. Because kids don't have any rights just like women right back then. Right. Exactly. Or slaves. I mean, you could kill your slave and it, they were already considered a non-person. So, you know, that was okay. And criminals. Fuckers. Um, but it, it talks a lot about, um, what what did they call it? The Colosseum? Oh, yeah. Where they, yeah. they would have fights to the death or, you know, release a prisoner with a lion and let the lion maul him to death and all of this stuff. And, oh, my gosh. They were a brutal bunch, let me tell you. A very brutal bunch. And another thing that I thought was kind of interesting is um, suicide was revered. It talks about some of these emperors, they would piss off a bunch of people. And before the people could come in and kill him and stab him 27 times, they would just go ahead and take their own life because it was a more dignified way to die. But again, this freaking narrator was so funny. And I think the best line out of the whole book was she was talking about one of the emperors that was a big, you know, Debbie Downer, mm -hmm. very serious. And she called him a fun sponge. 
because he sucked up all this all the sponge so that's going to be my new thing if you're being a debbie Down, downer i'm going to call you a fun sponge but being a fun sponge but yeah um it was interesting that the facts and everything did get a little textbooky the thing that kept it interesting was the way that it was narrated if you are interested in roman society ancient roman society and all of that, I think this would be a very good read for you. I will tell you, she drops the F-bomb more than a dozen times throughout this book. Really? That sounds like yeah. my kind of book. My kind of fucking book. <laughs> how much the, they like to shag. Well, the Romans and were, you know. Did she call it shagging? Because that's all. Awesome. She did. She called it shagging. She called it shagging. It was interesting. It was a good way to get a lot of facts in an amusing way hmm. and that again was called a fatal thing happened on the way to the forum by emma southen if emma i ever want to read about romans and greased that wieners sounds like fun <laughs> yeah yeah makes well, me, i mean makes me want to go out and buy a toga <laughs> oh, right. and they talk I about they make a musical they, out of it <laughs> right. i want to see the if they make a musical i just want to see the scene of anthony protecting Getting Caesar oiled with, up. His, with his oiled <laughs> willy out. And she says it just like that, protecting Caesar with his willy out. <laughs> Maybe it was mistaken for a sword, you don't know. Maybe it was real threatening. <laughs> really? Then I definitely want to go back in time and meet Anthony. <laughs> hey, baby, nice sword you got there. It's kind of greasy, but I'll take it. Is that a sword in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Careful, don't cross the streams. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to go next keith you find us something wonderful to hear about <laughs> so the book i read this week is called the littlest library by poppy alexander and i want to thank gretchen voss from avon avon books because she sent this to us to read and first off you have to like just take a look at the cover because when they say the littlest library, it's literally a red phone box with a whole lot of books in it. It's amazing. So this story is all about our main character, Jess, and she is a librarian in a in an English town and her parents died in an accident when she was four. So she's been raised by her grandmother this whole time. And she's, I think in her early thirties and her grandmother dies and she loses her job at the library all right at the same time. And she's a very introverted person. She doesn't make friends very easily. And her grandmother always kind of wanted her to go out and do her own thing. And now that her grandmother has died and she doesn't have a job, she thinks to herself, this is the time for me to go out and spread my wings and figure out, move somewhere else. So by a really weird string of circumstances, she ends up in this idyllic little English country town and she ends up buying this house and she buys the house before she even really looks at it. Uh, she sees the outside and she's like, oh, it's quaint and it's charming. And she gets there and she finds out there's, there's a lot of things about the house that she doesn't know. For instance, one of the things she doesn't know about is that she has this big loft slash attic space but it's inhabited by bats and when i say bats it's like this huge colony of like 150 bats or something and she can't move them out of her house because the guy that sold her the house is very into i don't know they're endangered or he just doesn't want to hurt the bats so she's living in a house full of bats and she has this weird red phone booth on her property and it has no reason to be there because all the phone stuff has been taken out it obviously doesn't work as a phone booth anymore and she's actually kind of close to the local pub and so people walking home just kind of use it as a bathroom Ew, gross. it smells to high heaven her first thought is that well, you know, I'll get in there and the first thing I'll do is get rid of this phone box because it's just this stupid phone box in her yard, like just sitting there. And then it turns out that 
there are all these stipulations to buying the house and she can't the house basically the phone box has to stay in the yard so then it's like well what do we do with it and apparently the phone booth belongs to the town so the town has to vote on what to do with it so she go so she's been in the in this new town for maybe a couple of days and she ends up going to the town meeting and i, I mean unless you live in stars hollow nobody goes to those town meetings really and this one is no exception so she shows up there's no one there except the people who have to be there and she just kind of comes up with this what if i put what if i made a library in there i used to be a librarian and her grandmother has this amazing collection of books and she's curated this collection of books with all these books that really meant things to her and she has little notes in the margins and so that she has this very dear collection of books and she's willing to put a library into this little red um, phone box. Now, one of the other women on the committee on at the town hall meeting, she wants to put a defibrillator in the phone box, which is also honestly a, a great idea. And so she has somebody make shelves and it's just this really sweet story about how she loves being a librarian. And when people come to her place to take books and to leave books, she ends up meeting all these people in the town. And of course there ends up being some drama because the woman who wanted the AED is not going away. So there, she grows to love this library, but then it's threatened to be taken away because, I mean, some of the people in town want this AED, which, again, it's not like it's a terrible idea. So you're, you're kind of torn because it's like it's not like it would be horrible, but Jess has kind of found her purpose in being in charge of this tiny little library and meeting all these fun little people and and there's a hint of a little romance in there. It's like not a huge thing in the story, but um, it's just this really, really sweet story. There's so many mentions of all these great classic books and just the weird, the, the people that you wouldn't expect that come and read those books. And it's endearing to see like kids come and learn new classics and find things that, I mean, and adults come and they're like, I haven't seen this book since I was seven. And it's just a really sweet story. Um, if you like books, like there's a bunch of them out there. I know um, there's a really popular author named Jenny Colgan and she she writes about all these strange kind of little bookstores in um, England. And it's just one of those. It's just, I really, you know me and my cooking shows, but I also really love reading about people who have bookstores or libraries. And it's just sweet because, I mean, it's nostalgic. You see her trying to find her place in the world. I mean, she's finally kind of going out on her own in her thirties. Yeah, it was a really sweet book. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. No Megan blushes or anything, but I mean, if you have read a lot of really deep books or really scary books or really weird books, you need a refreshing palate cleanser. I think this is the perfect one for it. And that again was called The Littlest Library by Poppy Alexander. It sounds very sweet. It was. It, now I just found out the other day that the picture on the cover, they are real books. And so people have been figuring out what each book is. And now I'm gonna go down that silly rabbit hole <laughs> because all the spines are real titles of real books so of course yeah that'll are. be my evening mm -hmm. well shall we move right along to the woman known as the formerly quarantined pat yeah <laughs> well something i did while i was quarantining was read a good portion of the book called shalimar the clown by Salman Rushdie. Ooh, he just got I, stabbed. Yes, he did. Just to, what yeah, two nights awful. ago, I think. It was one of those things. I picked up a good deal on an ebook copy of it, and I thought to myself when I saw the the deal, it was like I have never gotten around to reading any Salman Rushdie. Certainly, one of the most famous authors 
late 20th century, early mm -hmm. 21st. So, but I should check this out. As most of, of you probably know, he was placed under a fatwa, a death order by Ayatollah Khomeini back in the 80s when uh, he came out with the satanic verses. And even though the Iranian government has said it no longer supports that death order, it also did not formally rescind it in any way. So there are still people out there trying to kill him because obviously because he disagreed with their their thoughts about religion anyway after reading this book i can join the millions of people probably who said that would be a hell of a loss because that man can write it is absolutely one of those books that just makes you sometimes you just stop at the descriptions and 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 his use of language and and marvel plus it was one of those books that made me look a lot of things up and i love books like that because it means i'm learning something new it's kind of like from what is that word to was there really a bugatti airplane in world war ii that could fly faster than anything and yes there was wow <laughs> yeah really um was there uh you know and a lot about the history of cashmere because what this book ultimately is about and it's, it's something that I know almost nothing about because my education in history is deficient in a lot of areas. One of those areas is what went on between India and Pakistan and the area known as Kashmir that they were trying to divide up between the two countries. And apparently uh, Rushdie's grandparents were from Kashmir. And so he has personal ties to it. The story that's told in the book is how one family is torn apart by the political goings on back and forth, political and military goings on uh, between India and Pakistan. And he kind of distills it down into this one family of people you end up just caring deeply about. Uh, you start out with a 24-year-old um, a woman, young woman named India Ophuls. And India is the daughter of Maximilian Ophuls, who formerly was the American ambassador to India. He was uh, removed from that position in disgrace, uh, having to do with India's birth. So uh, you know that something has gone on there. And at the beginning of the book, he is assassinated. And then you go back through time. You see Max's whole story from being a a French resistance fighter in World War II up through becoming ambassador to India and then eventually being uh, involved in anti-terrorism activities. And you see this family, uh, actually a whole village in Pakistan where before things came to political strife, Hindus and Muslims lived happily together. They got along and there was a young couple, a Hindu girl, a Muslim boy, who the whole village kind of championed the fact that they were in love. They were like the Romeo and Juliet, only with a happy ending. Only the ending turns out not to be so happy. And that boy is Shalimar the Clown, who is, he's named that because he starts out as a performer. He's a tightrope walker and a very gifted one. And the village uh, makes its living as performers for festivals and uh, performers and chefs for big festivals and, and banquets. Nobody really, nobody comes to a very happy ending. Uh, this, Like I said, the strife between Pakistan and India eventually tear everything apart, right down to whether the village even exists anymore or not. It's hard to describe what goes on without giving away too many spoilers, but it is it's a book that moves around in, in time, that moves around literally around the world. You get some, Vani there, I bet you would love the part about Maximilian's history in the whole, because he was, like I said, part of the French resistance in World War II. And, yeah. and that part it sounds was- interesting. That part was fascinating. And just what life was like in these idyllic sections of Kashmir, which I never really thought of as being anything. Honestly, Shalimar up to this point in my life was the brand of perfume that I wear. And I, <laughs> other than that, didn't know a thing about it, but it's a beautifully written book. There was, there was one line that's, that, uh, I should probably have marked it. So, and 
quoted it accurately, but it was something, a point where a terrorist is about to, to kill one of his intended targets, but he talks about the horizon of the knife blade pressing up against the sky of his throat. And it's oh, just like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I do love a nice piece of writing. It's a fairly long book, about 400 pages. It's not a fast read. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of depth. Uh, so it's it's probably not something you want to try and gallop through at high speed. But I can certainly see why he's considered one of the foremost writers. I mean, it was... Definitely made me interested in reading more of his work. Shalimar the Clown by Salman Rushdie. It really does sound awesome. I tried to read Satanic Verses years ago, but I think I might not have been in the right frame of mind for it at that point. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, I'm, I'm going to go back and try and read that again. I've uh, The one that I'm interested in picking up is something called Midnight's Children. Oh. Um, which was, it won the Booker Prize. And then... And I had not heard of this. It won the Booker of Bookers, which was apparently after they had given 25 years of the Booker Prize, they decided to give a special prize for the best of all the 25. And it that Midnight's Children was the one that won. So hmm. it sounds like a good book. Um, the library doesn't have it. So I am going I'm I've really been having a hard time deciding what I should review today because there's this book that I really, 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 really love so much that I want to suggest for the group read for our next live event, but I can't because somebody else picked it first. The book that I chose this week is called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And I don't even remember why I started reading it. I think I might have seen it on one of the lists. Or maybe it was on, maybe I was reading something about it on Facebook. I'm not even really sure how I found it. It sounds weird from the description. It does. Anytime something sounds weird, I'm like, I'm raising my hand for that. Because it's about, well, one of the main characters is actually a Pacific octopus. Who lives in an aquarium. And I think it's in the Pacific Northwest. Which, oddly enough, I was just there. And so it made it even more special because when when I was in one of those small towns that we were wandering around, I went into a bookstore there and there was a first edition copy of the book, which I bought, even though I had just finished listening to it on audio. So the book starts out with this older lady named Torva, who is a, she's a cleaner, but she, it's almost like she does it for something to do she's not she's 70 years old she her husband has died she she doesn't have any children so you know basically she's just keeping busy and she takes this job as a cleaner and she's been there for quite some time and well she she talks to all of the different creatures in the tanks and she's, she's very specific about the way she cleans. She cleans the place very lovingly. And you know in the beginning part that she's friends with this octopus. By friends, I mean the octopus actually narrates part of the book. And he, his personality is very like this. I picture this really super smart guy in a in a smoking jacket you know and having his pipe you know very stereotypical smart aristocratic dude is sort of the feeling I get from Marcellus because that's his name and you get his story about how he gets out of his aquarium squeezes himself out of this tiny little hole in the top of his aquarium and he goes out and gets stuff to eat because they feed him this, you know, basically fish scraps and he's hungry for sea cucumbers. And so he goes into the other enclosures and gets a snack and, you know, stuff like that. And he talks about Torva and about how he likes her. And during part of the, during part of the book, 
Yes. Her brother, who's in a nursing home in a California town, he has died in this nursing home. And she doesn't have any kids, and she's starting to feel older, and it's weirding her out. And so she brings home a brochure when she goes to pick up the things from her brother's place where he was. Well, in the meantime, you see this Scottish guy who owns a little store in the town. And you can tell that he's got a thing for Torva. So it's just this really sweet little kind of thing where he's trying to court her a little bit and she's completely clueless about it. So there's that going on. And then there's this young man who shows up and he gets a job at the aquarium. So she teaches him how to clean. Well, on his first night there, well, Torva's, I think that's when Torva's gone. Anyway, um, he finds Marcellus all tangled up in some extension cord or some, something on the ground. And he's dying because he's gotten tangled up in something. He can't get back into his enclosure. Well, the, the young guy saves his life and puts him back in the, in the tank. And now Torva did have a son who died under mysterious circumstances years ago and nobody really knows what happened to him so you're getting that story at the same time and I'm not going to tell you what the ending is but the way it ends it was just the best ending ever and usually I don't like things that are tied up in a bow but on this particular occasion with this particular story it was just perfect and just the, the way the story was narrated with Marcellus in there and then with Torva and then this younger guy, you just get a great overall picture of a bunch of different kinds of people and an octopus as well. It just really spoke to me in a way that was totally unique. And I believe that it's the kind of book that will forever be a favorite novel of mine I loved it so much. I would recommend it to every single person that I've ever met, including my sisters who are really picky about what they read. It really was that good. And so I have to tip my hat to Jenna Bush Heger, who clearly has fantastic taste in novels. I've never read one of her <laughs> picks before, but um, it, was, it was really good. It was called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Peltz. And Shelby, wow, I think this is her first novel. It sounds interesting. Dun, dun, dun. It was so good. But so, you know, octopi are super smart. They are. And oh, I've yeah. heard stories about things like this before. But the way Didn't that this talk was, about how you can't eat them because they're so yeah, bright that they're exactly this is all of these pieces of the story came together for me all at once because I had read those stories about um, squid and octopi being declared sentient in the Pacific Northwest. So it's illegal now to eat them and kill them, kill them and eat them either way. And plus visiting that area and then reading the book, all of those things I think is what made it even more meaningful. Have you seen my octopus teacher? No. It's a, it was, I think the won the Oscar for like best short documentary last year and or maybe it was best featured anyway uh it's about this guy who uh, an oceanographer who goes out and he starts to visit the same mm -hmm. octopus every day at this reef and they develop a relationship <laughs> I, it, I think i watched that documentary because at the end when the octopus dies of old age I uh -huh. mean, yeah they don't live very long and that's part of the story me, too it, yeah it made me really, really sad. Yeah. Like, yep. I had grown attached to that little octopus. Mm -hmm. That and that that book, this book has an element of that in it, in it as well. So it is, it does have some very sad pieces in it. But overall, it just helps you to see life from such a different vantage point. I mean, I've always known that there are a lot of smart creatures on this planet that we know <clears throat> nothing about. And 
it just brings that so much more to the forefront. And I don't know, it, I, I just really think everybody should read this book. It was so good. I mean, I think they're finding out that a lot of creatures are smarter than what they thought. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because I've been still on my, my uh, Shark Week binge on oh. Discovery Plus, and they talk about how sharks are a lot smarter than what they thought they were. They mm -hmm. thought they were just these mm -hmm. eating machines and had nothing going up, going on up top. And yeah, and they adapt, they learn, they um, strategize with other sharks on mm -hmm. how to go in and kill something. Like they'll surround something to try to get mm -hmm. the kill. So yeah, it's, it's amazing how much smarter animals are than what we give them credit for. That's because we're so egocentric. We believe we're the smartest apes in the room. Yeah. Well, Martha, didn't you read that one uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky book, Children of Ruin? Of course I did, the spider, yes. The spiders met the octopus. I believe I'm the one who who <coughs> recommended Children of Time to you in the first place. And then and I, and I, read I read the read other one. one. Yeah. Yeah. So I already had kind of that background and stuff. But for some reason, this one. And the way it was done was just so, I don't know, you, it just relates to so many different kinds of people. Sounds like kind of like a, in a, like the shape of water, too. Yeah, it, it did have a little bit of, and I love that book, too. That was I didn't one read of, it, I just saw oh the movie. Oh my God, it was so good. The book was so good, I refused to watch the movie. I think you reviewed that book I on did. the podcast. I did, I did. Shape of Water. Yep. And I absolutely that might be the one I'm thinking of. Was there an octopus in that one? No, no. just a sea no, creature. No, just a just a dude. Sea creature. Just a sea creature. Just a just a just a swamp thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of creatures who don't adapt to things, fucking overdrive is getting discontinued. Mm. They sent out a thing the other day that okay. said that said okay. Starting on this day, we are discontinuing overdrive. So you will no longer be able to use it. So start learning now with Libby. And I'm like, you fuckers. Here's the thing, though. Fuckers. It's been years. I know. I switched over to Libby right when overdrive was like, oh, we have this new thing. It's Libby. It's been at I least tried. Years I tried. I tried switching over. And I don't. There are several it's things that I, thing, it's not it's easier. It's not. And I'll tell you why, because you don't get to recommend books. And that's one of my favorite parts. You cannot recommend oh, a book. I've never done that. So you I can't. probably wouldn't have noticed. And mm. you also can't use it if you're, if you're not connected to Wi-Fi or if you don't have service, which fucking sucks because those of us who travel or if you're on an airplane and you don't have, it, it doesn't work right. So it doesn't download your books? You can only stream them? It, it downloads them like a little at a time or something. I don't know why, but I, I couldn't listen to my book on the plane. I was very upset, and I do oh, not like it, and I'm angry. Is that through your library system? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Because that's, that's what our, our library uses overdrive, too. I haven't borrowed a, an audio book in the last couple of weeks, so yep. I wonder if I'll get the same thing. Yep, they're going to be switching it off. I don't know. I've used Libby for years, and I think I've most never people had a pro I've, have switched. What? Most people have switched. They're not like me. You can download the Audible books. I mean, I've listened to well, them yeah. on airplanes. Audible, you can, but Libby's not like no, Audible. No, on Libby, I'm saying. Oh. Well, I don't like it. Audible. I don't want it. I think you have to like go in there and like tell it to download or something. I don't know. I have Libby. It won't let me recommend books to my library. And I think that's a crime. I do not like it. And it doesn't show up, <laughs> show any books that the library doesn't own that you can. Ugh, it's just wrong. Yeah, I didn't really care for Libby when I tried it. Well, you better get used to it, sunshine, because we're screwed. We got. I Libby. don't even have Libby on my phone. I had to download it. Libby is Libby is the thing oh. of the future. Okay, this yeah, I just got a notice from him says in early twenty twenty three. Yep, so it's coming. They're trying to get us used to it before they drop it. 
Well, at least they're giving us a decent amount of notice. I I'm mean, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it I'm until it drops all the way. Super cross about it. That's so hysterical. It's Get off my lawn! Like when my TV went out. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm not going to do it until I absolutely have to. Okay, now, I don't really want to upset you, but I don't know if you've noticed, but Goodreads has, like, a new beta thing they're testing. What? Are you going to, like, lose your mind? <laughs> Keith, I can only deal with one of these things at a time. God, I have nightmares about this kind of thing. <laughs> And I'm, I have to say, Keith, you getting a tattoo makes me want to get a tattoo now. <gasps> what? Is that your first tattoo? No. Oh. No, I got my first one. <laughs> I got my first one when I um, went and visited my friend Shannon, and we got two t tattoos together. Uh, I want to get a tattoo. I can't believe Everyone? you, Vonnie. You were like, no, I'm never getting one. Because I said, let's get tattoos. You're like, no. I'm not I doing it. You didn't offer her a book option. Yes. I never said I would never get a tattoo. I've always kind of thought about getting a tattoo. I don't know. I've just never done it. I will never get a name tattooed on me. There you go. Well, Somebody's I to, name. I wanted to get three book girls tattoos and you said no. I did not say no. Yes, you did. I didn't Yes, not. you did. I think you're thinking of Nicole. I don't know, though. What if all... See, you have Maybe to think it was about Nicole. that because what if this all imploded one day and then you hated the name Three Book Girls? I think we've made well, it past that point by now. You just get something with, you know, like wine and books or a coffee cup on top of some books or something, something that symbolizes yeah. but doesn't necessarily say the exact thing. That's why I don't want names. Ah, screw that. I'm getting a three book girls yeah. tattoo. Honestly, the whole reason I did it now was because my 18 year old daughter thinks she wants a tattoo. So I made her come with me to see how a consultation works. And then I made her sit there while I got it to see the pain. <laughs> and now I'm making her watch the aftercare part because she, she, wants, she wants a dinosaur on her shoulder. And Aww. I'm like, that's the tattoo I should Aww, be getting. But like anyway. mother, <laughs> like daughter. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> Maybe I'll get a tattoo when I go to Wichita in December. Me and my sister will go get sister tattoos I'm going to Wichita. Is that like a song? <laughs> yeah. Or did you just make that up? <laughs> There's something about a seven nation army. Yeah. That was That's a good song. White Stripes, I think. I love that song. Going to Wichita and getting a tattoo. That sounds like a country song. It does. <laughs> Wait, what? Going and to... I'm taking my dog. Taking my yeah. dog with me. You no. better not take your dog because in the country songs, the dog always dies. Oh, by the way, happy, happy belated birthday. Your, your birthday again was while I was gone, so... Sadly, I yeah. Was why do you do that, Vonnie? Why do you be? Why are you born on a day that's inconvenient to all of us? <laughs> I don't know why. How dare you? Sorry, I'm so inconvenient. Well, you guys <laughs> did a podcast the day before and didn't even think of it, so I don't feel so bad mm. for not being here. You know, after you get a certain age, it's just kind of a day. Yeah, it is. I'll agree mm. with that. Um, and to make you feel better, they didn't. They forgot at work too until the next until this week. Then you know they got what? me a card. <laughs> Here's the thing. In this day of Facebook and everything else. If your birthday's you not on Facebook. you don't have it on Facebook, how is anyone supposed to freaking know, See, Bonnie? I Bonnie, know. And put it back. I remember because your mother wished you happy birthday on Facebook. And I was like, gosh darn it, Facebook. Why didn't you tell me? And then I'm like, oh, because Bonnie yeah, is because Bonnie. Because I have it on private. Yeah. Well, fix it. I do that on purpose. So that people no, who don't, people don't really love a, you, people who don't really love you can't you wish you happy birthday. I didn't ever say that. I do it because it's no big deal. It's just another day. I must say, though, Mr. Keith's birthday was on the 9th. And his least favorite thing about his birthday is going through all the Facebook posts and being like, really? like, <laughs> like, like. <laughs> He just hates it. He's like, dude, he's like you. He's like, um, it's just another day. Yeah. I wish everybody didn't know because now I feel like I have to read all this stuff. 
he was telling me the other day he was like oh i should go back and see if anybody else said anything and i'm like yeah you get all the notifications this person like this this person like that and it's all yeah i I kind of feel like i have to answer every single one and say thank you to everyone which is fine i mean most of the people that do that i haven't talked to all year Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to know that people thought enough of me to wish me happy birthday. Bonnie. It is kind of nice, but it's not necessary. That's what I mean. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's a bunch of hoopla. And you call me a tin man. <laughs> I like that word. Hoopla. I make a big deal for Tyler's birthday and Kaylee, Kaylee's birthday. She actually took away my thunder a little bit because her birthday is the day before my birthday. Bitch. No, I'm just kidding. So now that weekend, Tyler's always busy with Kaylee. Oh. And, but he still does come over and try to at least share a meal. He'll grab some takeout or something and come over and share a meal with me. So, right, that's, let's... and that's enough. I don't need anything more than that. Yeah, right. You say I'm that, glad it was but it's your if... birthday because I saw the thing on on the message messenger stream about Keith sending you the blanket, and I was like. Is Bonnie sick? I <laughs> 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 said anything about it being your birthday. So I thought, oh, she must be sick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When I got that in the on my porch, you know, I picked it up. And because they had sucked all the air out of it, it was kind of curved. And it was hard. She thought it was a car and, part. And so I told Martha, I'm like, Keith Ken is sending me a car one piece at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That would be an awesome gift. Like the most any gift that you have to put together and you like send it in pieces. Oh, that would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Well, so, so I, so I was thinking about what I would get her and I, I thought the best present for Vani would be like a stripogram. You know, you send a male stripper to the door and then the dog, really? the dog would freak out because you know, there's this strange man in the doorway. He'd probably attack the guy and Vani would Except be. Except see when, when people don't text me or call me before they come over, you I don't, don't answer really, the door. I yeah. don't answer the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's not doing his man. stripping on the porch for the dog. Looking That's out what the you need to get Dressed her. like the UPS <laughs> guy or something. Hey, baby, you I got a package like a for you. I got a says, birthday package. I, I have for a long time wanted a welcome mat that says like, if you aren't expected, do not ring this doorbell like or something mm. like that. That's what you need to find. Something that says, did you text? Then go home. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to get a ring doorbell so that the ones that you can talk through and I'll be like, <laughs> and it's kind yeah. of funny because my dad's the same way. And he did that to me one time when I was a teenager, somebody came over to my house and he happened to be on the roof putting up Christmas decorations. And this boy walked up to the porch and he looked at him from the roof and he says, what do you want? He's like, oh, is Bonnie home? And he said, did you call first? He's like, no. He's like, and he said, then go home. He ran the person wow. off. Damn. That's some good because birth control. <laughs> so what you're saying is I need to get a man and sit him on my roof. Yeah. 24-7 to save me from Did you people call that first? might come to my house. You need, with a motion... You need something on your motion detector detector that's uh, when somebody walks up. Did you call first? Then go away. Hey, so totally do we should totally go on Shark Tank. That's a great idea. Someone invent that now. You want me to have my dot my dad go ahead and record his voice for you? Yes. (laughs) You call first. So Martha, um, are you just use the laser on your face or are you gonna use it on other parts? Well, I don't know. I'm a little scared. Maybe just the top part, you know, that's like outside the lines, you know, because when you get older, (laughs) stuff starts to grow outside the lines. All of a sudden you got a pube halfway down your thigh. Your sideburns. Yeah. I'll get rid of the the sideburns with that, you know. (laughs) Your pubic sideburns. (laughs) My pubic sideburns. These are my thigh mutton chops right here. Hey, it'd be nice to get rid of some of the sideburns so they don't get caught in your underwear when you're walking. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like a guy adjusting my, it's like, no, I'm not adjusting my stuff. I'm just trying to move my pubes out of my (laughs) elastic. (laughs) Now I figured, remember before I asked you, why would they give you a razor if you're buying this product? 
I know what the reason why now. Because if you don't use the razor and totally get no get all the hair off of there completely, then it catches fire when you zap it. Yeah. Why do you think I was so hesitant to use mine when I hadn't shaved my legs? I didn't want to catch myself on fire. Now I know what I this is you, like. See, I thought yours, you had to wait for the perfect length or something. That's what she was saying. But after I read through it, I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, I'm, you're not supposed to do it the same day you shave. You're supposed to wait like a day or two and then do it like a day or two after I'm probably going to have scars because it says use it once once a week. And I've been using it like every day. I'm getting rid of this goddamn hair. I don't care. I'm going to have a scarred chin. You're gonna. Her, no instead, hair. Instead of hairs, you will just have a big scar and it'll look beardy and you'll never be able to get rid of it. You'll be like, this is my beard scar. She's going like, to she's gonna come in with or... like a Freddy Krueger chin. It's like, look at my new chin. No saggy skin and hair free <laughs> because it's all scar tissue. Yeah, you can just call me Freddy for short. <laughs> Bo. on that hairy note that's gonna do it for three book girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production